Firstly, we have an annoying legal disclaimer. All views expressed are our own and do not represent the opinions of any employers, organisations or clients for whom we work. Any recommendations or advice given in this podcast may or may not be right for you depending on your circumstances. Please bear this in mind before taking any action. Charting Tracks is brought to you by Amir Yacoub, Chris O'Gorman and myself, Ben Hennessy Garside. Amir is a record producer, Grammy Award winning engineer, a co-owner of Bison Productions Recording Studios in East London and the director of Garnish Music Production School in London. Chris is a digital marketing strategist and digital manager. He's worked previously for Sony Music and was the head of digital at Capitol Records UK. He currently runs a digital marketing agency and develops music artists, working on brand development and marketing strategies. I am a singing coach, multi-instrumentalist, composer and producer. In the past, I've worked in music instrument retail as a record label scout, a live sound engineer, and I'm currently a lecturer at Leeds Conservatoire, teaching voice to popular music students alongside being a dad and husband. This is the first episode of Charting Tracks. I do hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Charting Tracks. Um... It took us a while to come up with a name. We came up with one. We got one. Charting Tracks is what we landed on. Um, my name is Ben. This is Amir. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Chris. Hello. Hi. <laughs> For those of you who are listening on audio and aren't seeing this, Chris just waved in advance of that little high. Yeah, it was a good wave. <laughs> I, I liked it. What is this podcast about then? Um, it's a holistic guide for professional music makers. And what do we mean by holistic? Part of my uh, kind of development has been all over the place musically. And so I wanted to try and put something together um, which would, would cover a kind of quite a holistic uh, frame to so take a look at lots of different parts um, of music, the music industry, what's linked, how all the different sections are, uh, are connected. Because my journey hasn't been um, particularly straightforward, and I don't know anyone's anyone for whom that's been the case. Um, I think both um, Amir and Chris, who are joining me today, um, and who will be joining me throughout the series, thankfully, um, are, I think they've probably had similar stories, but maybe I'll let them, let them explain um, for themselves. So, Amir, like, what is this podcast for you? Like, what's it about? Well, I think uh, when we initially talked about what we discussed because you know there's there's more to it which we'll, uh, we'll we'll let you guys know about at some stage but um when we initially discussed it and the name and the concept came around the word particularly the word holistic i think had um had great meaning um and if i'm thinking about my personal journey i've i've been through various versions of myself um and i've kind of landed where i have um, and I'm happy with that. Um, but I think once, uh, once we had discussed what we were going to talk about, what, what the word holistic particularly and what this podcast means to me, um, obviously being joined by you two 
homies is um just the whole the whole range the whole spectrum of of music creation because you know we're 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 talking about us now in an age where we can do so much and in a way we kind of have to do so much as well um and uh, really and truly that um is reflected in in some of our stories um but also um just in the way that things are in general in 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 speaking to other people and working with other people we see all of the things they have to do and it's not no one is just an artist anymore they're they're also maybe a a, a bit of a producer and a bit of you know uh, 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 kind of like a, an amazing person on social media and they might even be teaching people like you know voice lessons and stuff to make money and whatever like this podcast really for me on a personal level is is to kind of bring together all of the different versions of myself and um and you know um along with you guys kind of share as much of that as possible and uh, hopefully help some people out mm. yeah just a little bit on that before we bring Chris in, if that's okay. Because uh, for me, my experience has been that every single one of the little stages that I've been through, I wouldn't be the practitioner that I am today if it wasn't for all of them. Yeah. It's like the the little breadcrumb trail of um, different little gigs, different bits of this, bits of that. Um, all of them have, have ended up feeding the whole. Um, quite a lot of... Um, content online it feels a little bit um kind of like it, it, it's focused in quite specific places so mm-hmm. you know there'll be you, you you'll be listening for to a podcast about maybe it's audio recording or you'll be listening to a mm-hmm. podcast about uh, the music industry mm-hmm. or you'll be listening to a podcast about uh you know specifically online marketing or there's mm-hmm. There are a whole host of different um, podcasts about quite specific things, but this sense of trying to get a view of of the whole of it, looking at the different um, ways, different sections of the whole music world interconnect, um, feels vital. Um, So, yeah, okay, Chris. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, I guess I've come into this... uh (laughs) <laughs> having studied music and pretty much all of my uh all of my life um you know and sort of went through ver- various stages of thinking my career would be one thing and then it's been something different um you know wanting to be a classical flute player at one point and then hmm. realizing that's not going to happen and then you know wanting to be a songwriter and doing the music production uh degree that i did which is where we all met thinking um, and then thinking I'm going to be a songwriter and producer and going into sort of finding a way into the industry after that Uh, and then sort of landing where I have in this weird sort of um, because I suppose my sort of arriving in the music industry coincided with the industry becoming super digitized um everything from digital you know social media and digital marketing to streaming etc so i've sort of ended up in the area that i have in music which is in digital marketing working for sony music and then for capital records uh, and universal music like you like you guys mentioned a moment ago there's lots of stuff out there it's like how you you know how to grow your social media following or how to um you know sort of how to break into the music industry how to you know build a fan base but there's like nothing out there that seems to 
that connects them all together, I suppose. Um, and I work with lots of independent artists, and you know, they, when when they um, come to me, they'll kind of like want to know how to build their fan bases, etc., and want to know how to progress in their careers, and how to you know put a product together, and how to market, etc. Um, and the thing that it's that they don't uh, tend to have thought about first, and which is what I always want to talk to them about, is take a step back and go why why do we want to do this in the first place why are we doing why do you want this for your career because if it's to make a <laughs> if it's to make money you probably chose the wrong thing um <laughs> and i think that's the thing as we started having conversations about how all of these different areas of music not just the music industry but the kind of you know music education and one of the things that sort of i think kept coming up was well, hang on well, why are we doing this in the first place why do you even want to do this what is the inspiration for it what is the uh, aspiration what's the what's the drive you know um i think that's a really interesting question um because mm. i think people get into it thinking it's one thing and then it actually is something completely else and it changes as you go through it as well and maybe the reason you stay in it is very different to why you originally got into it so i think mm. that's an interesting area to delve into definitely and that's i think that's a really nice little segue there, Chris, into what we would, yeah, the kind of what, what we were going to be talking about today. The question would be, what is music? And uh, why do we love it? And I was thinking in advance of this um, podcast about maybe just framing that question with a few um, other little kind of other words to just kind of help divert the the conversation slightly so the one was individually right so what is music and why do we love it as an individual mm. like ourselves as individuals yeah, of course you know um listeners then can maybe get to to know us as individuals a little better um the other thing is um what is music and why do we love it kind of socially and culturally mm. okay so in terms of the species right um and then we could maybe d dig into some science as well. Obviously, and all, all three of us uh, did a, a production degree together, so there's a certain amount of kind of nuts and bolts scientific um, knowledge there. But there's also um, like some some biology um, as well. Like music um, serves some kind of quite hard and fast function, and um, that hard and fast function. Um, is quite important to remember, along with um, one's own individual journey through music and and the kind of socio-cultural stuff as well. Definitely. Does anyone want to kick off with, with their thoughts, given um, what I've just laid out? I, I, I will start um, only because, you know, one of my favourite books in music... Um, that I read actually like what because it was probably released I, I can't even remember when it was released um was was um this is your brain on music by Daniel Levitin mm. and it's a book that I you know I often do teaching and mentoring myself and it's a book that I suggest that everyone reads um because it looks at you know one one person's journey the author's journey as it were um into studying it on a kind of like a neuroscientific level, but also, mm. you know, looking at the social and the cultural aspects of it. And um, actually recently, 
Um, I'm a big fan of of audiobooks, and uh, obviously there's a big audiobook platform that I don't need to name because they don't need any free publicity. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, if they want to pay me, then great. But um, <laughs> always, but, um, always looking they, for the they dollar. Had on, um, they had a sale on some courses, right? And one of the courses was uh, very, I, was, I think it's called like Music and the Brain. So I'd been listening to that because obviously when we had sat down and we'd said, you know, we'd be talking about this, that and the next mm thought to myself well you know a good time for me to just freshen up my knowledge a little bit and um i'll start off with something which kind of lands not culturally but more in a in a very interesting kind of way um in 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 the second in the audio book that i'm referring to there was a there was a series of studies done and it's very it's so very interesting um when you think about us as human beings and how we experience music and if we want to think of another musical creature for instance a bird so a bird's thought of as a musical creature because you know bird song and all of that kind of stuff um and they did a they did a study which i found so very interesting and it really taps into what the essence of us and music is like just experiencing music um they did a study um where they played a, a bird a series of ascending and descending not scales but more like melodies um and uh, and the birds couldn't um notice the patterns of relative pitch in the way that we can like and that's for someone who's not actually even musical so like for instance they do like one pattern and then they'd transpose it up you know um three semitones or whatever and um the birds couldn't recognize the pattern as being the same but we can as humans and mm. it kind of goes to show that there's so much of a link to music with particularly you know human beings as a species that even you know some a, a species that we consider as musical birds because they communicate via bird song um i thought that just i mean that mm. summed a lot of things up for me a lot of things i think it's a good place to start when you're talking about music particularly uh you know in this in this episode for me because you know we've all experienced music in in so many different ways but we also experienced it in in life you know like it's 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 part of the fabric of everything that we do um you know and again kind of going back to uh, some of the studies that were done it's got a lot to do with you know just even the way that we speak so i'm you know if if i was to speak to you and then i went da 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 da, da you'd go oh that guy's saying something it's potentially a question um or you know like li listening to these patterns and inflections and you know the communication in the human voice which we've been doing since you know whenever like the first bone flute was found like however many thousand forty thousand years ago or whatever but music probably as 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 an art form predates that so you know that's where i want to kick off <laughs> and i want to know what you guys think <laughs> mm. I think that's the thing for me is that um, music predates language. Yeah. And I think that's kind of crazy. But, it, you know, like a baby, for instance, cries before it, you know, forms words and stuff. So it's um, yeah. its first sort of instinct is to make a noise to get some, to communicate something is to to you know and crying can, you know, can be quite um, sort of the most raw form of uh, expression. Mm. Um, and I think that's 
kind of what for me i suppose what music is it's trying to get something out there trying to express something trying to communicate something it can take lots of different forms obviously different genres etc and but i think uh, it's 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 interesting to me that that's a constant in in in, in human beings like you're saying is to want to you know to want to either make some form of music even if you're not a musical person it's not something you're you know you're doing as a career or something you do as even as a hobby like most people will hum something that they've heard or will yeah. sing in the shower or you know so there's an obvious drive to 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 want to create some form of music even for people that that aren't musical or that aren't musicians and i think where does that come from and why and why does it persist a number of early instruments um, have been pr- so. Uh, some of the early like stringed instruments were developed through bows, as in bow and arrow bows. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so there's there's a link between sound and and its and its functional use. And um, I think humans we're kind of meaning making machines, right? And we 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 like to look at the world and we like to to kind of. Uh, link things together, link ideas together. Um, we have, we, obviously, we have sensory inputs like like all the other animals do. But mm. um, we we're very good at kind of finding novel connections between things. Mm. Uh, this, I mean, uh, the, it's interesting that you mentioned the the, the stuff about uh, children crying, Chris, because mm. um, this, in, in my own work as a vocal coach, um, I, I use a system. Um, Based on primal primal sounds, primal noises, um, and so there's there are quite a, there are a number of reflexive noises that we like to make. It, it, it's nice to use those when teaching people to sing because there's a, a lot of efficiency. It feels almost pre-programmed, pre-wired in, like a baby calling out, like it's not been trained to do that, mm. but it's loud, right? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, it'll get your attention. <laughs> there's a sense of them, although not cognitively like knowing what they're doing. There's a sense of them as an organism knowing exactly what's going on. You know, yeah. which muscles in all the right places. Yeah, um, evolution uh, has made it that way. Yeah, has, mm. has built it that way. Um, and yet, we have this thing where we can take that those basic elements and we can make art from it, right? Mm. So, what's going on with that? Like. What's what's that about? Have you got any thoughts? What, as in taking all of these noises and turning them into art? Yeah, like what's what's maybe? I mean, maybe a deeper question. Why not? Would be to ask like, what? Why art? What art? What is art? Why? Why is art? You well, know. I mean- there, there you go. That's that's a whole other podcast in itself, really. Yeah. <laughs> it is, right? It's, it's someone in your studio. Yeah. Yeah? That's yeah. literally got that, yeah. <laughs> um, but if, if if we just just nick that question and uh, and and shift that to the to the musical sphere, like what's maybe not a what is art, but why why do we make art? Why do in fact why do you make art? Mm, musical art. Why do you make music? Interesting. I'll pass over to Chris for now. Well, if I go back to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I landed the, the earliest I think back... Well, it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like... When I first started being drawn to, like, making music, it would have been early childhood. Like, I know I wanted drums. Mm. 
you know like the kid drums like the i know and i wanted to just hit something and make a noise i <laughs> just know that that's what i wanted to do <laughs> but most kids do but then it was like oh okay there are I th- I, for some reason, I was attracted to lots of woodwind instruments. And I don't know if it was just because they were shiny, <laughs> but I was really attracted to the flute, for instance, and that's like the main instrument I started learning. And um, I don't know, there was something in music here that was like, I want to learn that instrument so that I can then make some kind of noise and, you know... I, I don't know if it was just because it looked pretty and it was shiny. It probably was that, let's be honest. Um, why I stuck with that is probably more of the question because it's like, you know, most kids I think do like, will kind of like have a term of like learning the violin and probably give it up as quickly as they started and then move on to something else and then, or just not move on to any other instrument and just be like, they went through their instrument phase or that, you know, parents will kind of make them learn an instrument and they'll give it up as soon as they possibly can. And I suppose why you're, why, why I was particularly wanting to continue with it and want to not even continue to actually actively being like, let me, please let me, like, let me have a lesson, let me, you know, I think comes from some urge of just needing to create something, you know, because something beyond being able to just sing a little bit in tune. wanting to take this and develop it into some kind of um something more tangible something more um i think actually at at that point you start then becoming aware of other music around you you start becoming aware of like whether it's the classics or whether it's like the pop music in the charts or whether it's you know you start becoming aware of that and start connecting the two things together and going oh that looks really fun Mm. and this is quite fun too so yeah i want to learn how to do this a bit more it's just a higher level of quality (laughs) there's a point i think where you're like this is fun for me to just make noises and stuff but actually there are people that make noises and make them sound really nice and actually do them really well. And they're really catchy and really, you know, and then they're on the radio and that, and I think at a certain point there was like a, ah, those two things are connected. So I want to be able to do that, uh, to a, to a higher level. So there's something in what you're saying about, um, and uh, uh, there was a phrase you used at the beginning of that, which was, I wanted just to hit, hit thing and make a sound. Mm. And then, there's kind of a, that theme, at least a part of what you've just said, seems to travel right the way through. There's a sense of uh, wanting to create something, make it better, have some kind of um, impact in the world. Mm. It, it's that, I mean, you made a good hmm sound there. Is that like, was yeah, did I, did I, I think was it is some like impact, something about some that? Some kind and, of impact, you know, to. And then the refinement process too is like making. Mm more of an impact yeah right because then the more you refine it the more i suppose it becomes like it then turns into an art form and then it's something that will potentially be recorded and be you know something that's enjoyed by other people (laughs) i think that's the thing there's a bit where it flips over from i want to do this because it's fun and i want to make a noise and i want to make an impact to now i want you to hear me i want other Mm. people to hear this yeah that's That's probably the flipping the yeah the part where it flips um i'm not sure exactly where that stage was i think it was like (laughs) 
<laughs> it would have been some terrible fleet recital that I'm sure I made people sit through. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but I thought they should hear me play Twinkle Twinkle Little Damn Star on a flute. Well, how? You know? I thought they, yeah. their lives would be enriched by hearing that. <laughs> okay? Exactly. So as a mode of communication then, like it's not just about you doing your thing, it's about reaching other people. Yeah. Mm. I think it becomes that. It does, I don't think it starts. I, I say I don't think it starts as that, but maybe it always is that from mm. just for yourself. Or are you trying to get some attention? Or are you trying to affect something around you? Are you trying to. Well, this you, is. Yeah. Are you just I mean, trying to piss off your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? This is. I mean, like, yes, this is what I found interesting about what you said as well, Chris, is, you know, I have a nephew who's now like uh, six, seven years old. And uh, I got him a I got him a drum set when he was, you know, four or five, right? Um, and uh, again, it was a kid's drum set, you know, whatever. And uh, he just wanted to hit it. He wasn't thinking to himself, "Oh yeah, well, if I play this like this, mm. then I'll have a lovely like six eight pattern going on, and if I adjust <laughs> it slightly, then I'll get a nice little shuffle." Yeah. It was like he was just yeah. like doing something that was within him to create some noise. Now the reasons mm. for that are the reasons they make. I mean, like I, you know, I wouldn't want to speculate what they are, but it, there is something inside of him which wants to make some noise mm. and i think it's it's funny that you started off with that chris because making noise is making noise but making art is something else right i mean that's what we would mm. that's what we would think but then again there are the people who go well you know you know how can how can you define what art is and all of this kind of stuff let's not get into that so much <laughs> it starts off with something that's inside of us that makes us want to do a given thing and then continuing obviously continuing that on to whatever degree you do like and again it's funny that you mentioned the violin because that's my first instrument funnily enough right i feel like the violin's most people's first instrument hey, and man, i don't know why a because banging instrument it's amazing the thing is it's the it's the last instrument that you want to hear someone learn on <laughs> it's the hardest <laughs> instrument to play as well like literally... when it's sat and when it's be it's beautiful when yeah, they, when I mean, it's mastered. But, it, but it <laughs> you don't want to hear someone learn it. Takes, it takes you a long time to get there, right? Yeah. Um, and there's so much discipline that goes into it and so much technique. But, yeah. you know, I went on and did that until grade five. And then I stopped wanting to make a noise, really, because I wasn't, I personally wasn't like, you know, I feel like this is within me or part of me or whatever. And then I kind of rediscovered music like a probably some some mm. years later not too long later but you know some years later um and then i wanted to turn it into something which was songs which to me were you know these basically organized sound right it was organized noise so i was just like oh yeah well you know if i put this chord here and then if i sing this melody over those chords then i've got something which sounds really good to me it was obviously crap like my <laughs> early songs were just um but you know, it's it's funny that it's funny that for me it was kind of like I dropped away and then I kind of came back mm. um, on on another instrument as well on the piano, um, but I came back and I, I all of a sudden I wanted to create art as in mm. songs which are well art aren't they? What's your experience, Ben? What do you think? Hmm. So. I mean, the violin is interesting because I, I did the violin for like a term 
Well, everyone plays a violin at some yeah, point, right? At school. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know if it, that could be a UK schools thing. It could be a UK schools thing. I think it probably is. Thing. But <laughs> it probably is, yeah. Um, or, you know, They probably English paid our parents perhaps. to make us do it. It's I don't know, like a yeah. surplus of violins somewhere. <laughs> but I, I think a bit like you and me, uh, I, I kind of, like, I'd, I didn't practice very much when I was young. I, so I'm, I'm saying a bit like you. I've, I've no idea whether you practice very much, but um, I, I gave up. One of the reasons was because I didn't practice very much. And then it wasn't until I was kind of about 12 um, where, and I, and there was also something about my, my mum got me this jazz piano teacher. Um, and, you know, he wasn't professional or anything. He was doing an IT degree up at the local uni near me. But alongside that, he played some jazz piano and he, I think to, to make a bit of money on the side while during his studies, he was teaching some jazz piano. And that was when I, like, so piano, I, I say, is my first instrument because it was then that I first really, you know, practised. Not a lot, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day, but I did it fairly regularly and I made, like, measurable, noticeable progress. And there's something um, I've... Um, I've heard that during that period of life, that those teenage years, there's something about um, manipulate, manipulating the hands that's really quite important. And quite often it's why people will pick up a, a musical instrument at that time. Mm. Um, it's, you know, that in a number of different ways, being able to manipulate your fingers will support your um, cognition in a, mm. in a whole heap of different ways that are, yeah. that are useful to you. And uh, quite often uh, people kind of just get a sense that it's good for them. So they'll, They'll, yeah. they'll do that but there also was this there's this sense of mastery too like I, I, you know i couldn't make my fingers do this thing and then if i practiced i i found that i could mm. um jazz i just you know very it was kind of i mean i, I say it was jazz it, it was bluesier jazz there, there was a strong focus on um on rhythm mm-hmm. um the kind of it, nice, interesting, extended, kind of lighter, sort of chordal, melodic stuff, you know, um, I got into later on. But that, you know, quite bluesy sort of jazz stuff, notes that didn't always clash and, uh, sorry, didn't always, uh, weren't, didn't mm. always sit well with each other, you know, that they were clashing. Um, mm. But, you know, on um, the piano, and it that, sounds that thing, nice. And that, like on oh, the violin. <laughs> well, I'd, I mean... Um, I remember being a kid because we, uh, I was I was lucky enough to have a piano in in the front room and um, we we lived in like it was a little little two up two down terrace in a northern city, um, but mum found the space to put a piano in the and so but I remember being told off for like plinking on plinking on the keys as a youngster you know like. <laughs> So I enjoyed that, but and this, mm. but this thing about noise, though, Amir, I don't know if it goes. I mean, there are entire genres which are basically that, aren't there? Yeah, well, I know. You know, I know. Um, I know this. <laughs> or, or, or when music starts to disappear a little too far up its own backside, mm. quite often you'll find a genre starts to emerge that's like, no, we we just need to make some noise. You know, yeah. like often that that kind of seems to happen, certainly within the pop music um, sphere, which is which is my back so you know and by pop i mean popular music i don't mean necessarily you know what's hot right <laughs> sugar you know sugar-coated pop music 
Yeah, I mean, like punk and grunge and metal, and there's this noise, noisiness in all of that, and also, also like rock and roll, kind of as distinct from the kind of jazz stuff that was that was coming out at the time, the big band jazz stuff that was coming out at the time. Noise is important, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, noise is important, but I mean, but for me, it's the organisation of noise which makes it, you know, lean more towards being, well to my ear a little bit more accessible you know <laughs> right right i'm not going to sit there and listen to three minutes of white noise and go wow what a fantastic performance that was um because it's just not going to work is it you know like not for me personally obviously <laughs> there probably is there will be a bunch of people oh, yeah i mean like and, and and if there isn't already then there will be after this podcast someone oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to upload, you know, yeah. two and a half minutes of white noise only on YouTube and, uh, you know, get loads of clicks and uh, basically make loads of money. White yeah. noise, however, is really helpful to help you to tune out. So, you yeah. know, like, right. it helps and some people to go to sleep and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's so interesting because that sort of like, you know, it sort of leads on to why people enjoy music in the first place. Like, there's why we want to make it or people that want to make it then why do people want to listen to it yeah that's very true is it soothing is it um stimulating you know i mean hmm. there the are different the different reasons i mean there are so many different reasons it. like right yeah. when you when you start to i mean like let's just take personal experience okay so ben give me a situation where you want to listen to music and why is it that you want to do that now let's say okay let's say you're in your car right mm -hmm. and you're driving somewhere are you listening to music sometimes sometimes and on the times that you are why are you listening to music huh <laughs> so when you first asked, asked that question i had i had an answer um but it's, it wasn't in my car but narrowing that down I, I, I quite like the fact that you put kind of a little box around around it I had to because it's you, Ben. <laughs> because it's me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so why in that moment will I choose? Often, often I'll 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 want to sing. Yeah. So um, I'll want to remember. Mm. I'll also want to. I'll want to change in how I'm feeling. It's used as a memory tool. I mean, where where they've. Uh, where they've done studies into Alzheimer's, for example, it's often that music is often the thing that they, the last thing that disappears, like their memory of music of different, different songs is often one of the last things that goes. Mm. There's something that it does, um, perhaps at the level of the brain that allows connections of all loads of different kinds to be made, you know, I'm talking here when I'm using the word memory as well. It, it, it's not just like a here was a, an event, and I, if when I put this piece of music on, that event will replay itself in my head, and I'll remember the event. You know, like a a narrative, like a, a structure. There's a, like an embodied emotive memory as well, like a, a feeling, like that mm. that that will emerge. You know, um, that I that I want to remember. And there are there are certain albums that I know if I put that thing on, I am going to feel a certain way. Yeah, you're going to feel yeah. how you felt maybe and at the time that you were listening to it initially. Maybe, yeah. Um, but the, I, I also think there's something intrinsic 
in music and you know maybe we'll get onto some music theory as the podcast goes on mm. um there's there there are also things uh, like there were kind of almost scientific um reasons why certain sounds feel like they work together and why certain sounds don't mm -hmm. but whatever whatever it is that's going on mm. um it, it helps me regulate my emotions mm. Interesting, yeah. interesting way of thinking about it. Chris, what about you? Why, if you're on the underground, I mean, which you're not, not that much now because yeah. of coronavirus, but if you're on the underground, um, why are you listening? If you are listening to music, which obviously like, you know, us guys have said, we like listening to podcasts, we like listening to audiobooks, we like listening to music. But if you are listening to music, why are you listening to it? I think for me, rather than um, it being because I want to change my mood, it's because I want something that reflects the mood that I'm currently in. So oh. it's, I want something that aligns with that. So like today it's gloriously sunny outside. So I want something that's like, oh, I want to listen to some one of Vista Social Club and L Lupe or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think for me, for me, it's not so much I want to change my mood. It's almost like, it's funny because like, you know, when people like, when they've got a heartbreak or something like that, they've just been dumped or something, and they're like, oh, people are like, oh, how, it's so crazy. Why are you there listening to all these really desperately sad heartbreak songs? It's like, surely you want something to snap you out of it. It's like, no, I want to... Um, <laughs> I want to dwell and fester in my, <laughs> my current feeling and i would like to find the saddest most heartbreaking piece of music that i possibly can yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rather than yeah i mean i don't know if that's just me i think that's probably a lot of people to be honest it's like you just want something that connects with how you're feeling in that moment and for for me that's um yeah it's it's like can it can it be like i said can it either be something as simple as the weather if it's Bokey singer songwritery or something probably to be honest that tends to be a pattern that i've noticed um mm. that's pretty interesting as yeah well. but i feel like it's to this is how i feel and i want something that's gonna be the outward um some kind of outward version of that something that's gonna be like oh yeah that's it that's how i feel so that's the question that's arising for me as as you're saying that is um well what's what's beyond that so you you want to you're feeling a certain way and and you reach for some music right um when we were growing up it was physically mm. reaching for something yeah like, a cd you know, or actually yeah, getting a cd that. or you know <laughs> but you know maybe you know you, you in, in your selection process on spotify or, or whatever it is that you whatever it is yeah. you use um other streaming services are available are also available also, are available. also very yeah. good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what are you getting from that music that's is it comfort is is mm. there something is there a sense of other people feel the same way that i do is it something about the world you you needing to feel like the world is re reflecting back at you what you are already feeling to to be kind of held by it in some way or um yeah it's probably i think it's all of those things i think it's more probably reflecting back what you're feeling going ah it's you know not just me because <laughs> right go and look at the heartbreak songs on uh on yeah. spotify you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah i think it's because it's like 
these are sort of um, universal themes and universal human emotions. So hearing other people um, talk about them in a tangible way or turn them into a song that kind of puts them into some kind of tangible concept just makes it a little less uh, terrible <laughs> if it's if it's bad and it makes it kind of a more joyful experience as well if it's it's if it's something happy it's kind of oh yeah me too oh them too it's like a we feel this you know um connection connection it is i think that's kind of what it is it's like you aren't experiencing something in silo you're experiencing something that is a yeah like i say a universal human trait and I think it's. I think on most of us that probably is a comfort thing. It probably is seeking out some kind of comforting, and it's uh, a way of making sense of whatever whatever it is you're experiencing. Sense making, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Maybe something to do with comfort, sense making, just feeling in some way connected to, you know the world (laughs) yeah and humanity (laughs) yeah yeah i mean you know that would that would probably lead us to talking about more of the social aspect as well of of music and it's so funny how you can like just to pick up on what you said there chris and ben um it's so funny how you can um you can experience music by yourself but still Mm. feel so connected yeah yeah (laughs) Mm. i find that interesting and well, I mean, I kind of like, in a way, like w- w- what both of you guys have said, um, just on my pers- from my personal experience with music has, has been, has rang very true. Um, so sometimes I, I, I use it to change my mood. Sometimes I use it to reflect my mood. Um, but also I have this thing and I, I, I don't know if this is just me or I don't know if this is a more of a universal thing, but I have a craving to listen to music. Mm. Like, so it's like, it's like, you know how you have a craving to have certain types of food, right? So I I might go, oh, tonight I fancy a Chinese or tonight I fancy this kind of food or, you know, whatever it is. I have a craving to listen to music is like very strange thing, um, I find. But, you know, and it might be very specific. So, you know, just like I go, oh, yeah, I feel like having a Chinese. Uh, I might go, I feel like listening to, I don't know, Stevie Wonder. Or it might just be a general thing of, well, put some goddamn music on because, you know, I feel like listening to music, any music. Um, and uh, that's, I think, more than anything else nowadays, that's how I experience music, which is funny. Like a craving. Craving's yeah. a good word. I yeah. think that's a really good word. Like I have this craving. Sometimes it's very specific. Sometimes it's not so specific. And I, I don't know. I don't know how to... <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's obviously a problem of some description. <laughs> You're just <laughs> addicted. Like a, I, need to see I don't know. It's a like healthy a, addiction, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. a craving for like a certain genre or for a certain mood or for a certain... I think mood is the thing... That it always comes back to for me, right? Yeah, and I, th- I do you know what? It's so, it's so funny you say that as well, Chris, because in a lot of the uh, in a lot of the teaching I do, and in fact a lot of the work I do, I would have to think about the mood that is wanting to be portrayed, mm-hmm. right? So, like, there's no point in making an up tempo record if someone's talking about you know something that's not not very fitting to that, or vice mm-hmm. versa. 
right? Um, and mood is like a huge thing and is actually what you two particularly have spoken about as well. You spoke about changing your emotions. You talked about reflecting your emotions. It's all to do with mood, right? So, you know, it kind of is, It, it could we therefore then say music is part of our emotional experience? Um, yeah. I want to just come back and, and, and link back into the into this point. I, I just want to come back to one one other thing you said to me, if that's okay, because you you mentioned that um, that that sense of being um, connected, but also being by yourself. I mean, that experience of hearing music and not having other people around—that's a very very modern phenomenon. It's, oh yeah, of course it is. It's like brand new. Um, so it's no surprised that we can kind of hijack our, um, our our systems to make us feel like there's someone else around and yeah. music um, like it, its function whether it's was you know uh, a religious function uh, or you know whether whether it was used to celebrate festivals whether there's um, you know there's evidence that some of the the, the cave paintings that they found, um often the the alongside the, the the visual artwork that's there there's a sense of them placing the visual art um in places where there's some um scientifically measurable um resonance occurrences mm. right so the art may may well be in like a tuned space like it in the way you might tune a room uh a room yeah you know i'm I'm talking from that i'm in i i I tune studios all the time any room that i'm in i'm tuning that room Mm. to give me certain certain resonances and take away certain ones yeah right right and presumably you're going to want something fairly kind of flat in a studio environment right presumably but this was this was very different so in these cases quite specific boosts and cuts of certain frequencies relative to to sound was was measured in a lot of the places where they placed the artwork so hmm. you know we we trace our kind of uh, symbol visually symbolic uh, and uh, kind of spiritual stuff back a long long way hmm. um but there's also this audio component which i th- i think is fascinating there's a strong chance people were maybe singing or clapping or um, otherwise engaging in musical performance in those spaces this thing about music as being a a holder like you know people used to play together everyone would play you you know pre pre-recording there'd be a piano you, you know back back in the days when sheet music was that was that was when you sold music what you were selling was sheet music mm, yeah, right true. yeah um people would hang around pianos and they would all sing yeah. together and mm. that would be um that would be part of it you know um the group singing like today group singing like you might find at a football match or a, i mean not right now because we're right in the middle of this mm. um coronavirus thing but you know group singing on football matches and it's a very collegiate activity Mm. so it's no surprise at all that we can that we can trick ourselves with recorded music into feeling connected where maybe we're feeling a little disconnected yeah but i mean like just to just to bat that one back a little bit as well Mm. like you know um yes obviously this is a modern 
invention recorded music started when beginning of the 1900s probably around somewhere yep. around there i should i should know this because you know <laughs> i work in recorded music but whatever um edison but, you know, and his uh his yeah. phonograph stuff exactly yeah. so it started back then and um and really like obviously as time has gone on our accessibility has got so much better to music that we can like literally you can stream anything off your phone um but i think there's something about the experience of music alone which is obviously amazing and incredible and it it turns it into a personal emotional experience right so for instance and i, I probably shouldn't well no i'm just going to say this there's certain songs that will always make me cry right mm -hmm. now obviously i would prefer to cry by myself right that's my preference right but sometimes you know a song's on or someone's performing a song and it might be a, a new song or an old song it might be a, it might even be a really happy song but it will make me cry and that experience i will take that experience back to when i'm listening to that song alone and i'll probably cry as well right i'm not ashamed to admit it, you know like it's absolutely fine but um that being a um a relatively new thing is i think is like actually perhaps changing the way that we experience music and the, what music is to us as well. Because, it, you know, like, let's take your example, for instance, we're in a festival situation back in the day when, or not, not even back in the day, now, right, whenever the next festival arrives, like, let's say Glastonbury, and we're all singing along to the headline act and, you know, they're playing their big number and all of that kind of stuff. That is, like, amazing. And, like, if we would obviously ever go back and and listen to that song alone we'd probably feel the same thing but then there are certain things that we don't want to experience with people i don't really want to like sit and li sit there listening to a donny hathaway song like on the edge of tears with twenty thousand people because You've clearly uh, never been to a tori amos concert <laughs> <laughs> but you get what i'm saying right i mean like that's um that's uh yeah that's i mean obviously historically there's so much of our history as human beings where we've experienced it this is like literally a, a drop in the ocean in terms of where we are now the ability mm. to experience music alone um but it's uh, it's uh, it's one of those things which i find is pretty magical at times mm. actually i've just acknowledged a moment when you would hear it by yourself by the way and that's when you're performing and playing it yourself so mm. you know back then true but but, but Play, the, sorry, you mean playing it to playing playing, playing it, it? Yeah. So so you know, if you're a yourself. pianist and it's 1850, yeah. yeah, and there's no such thing as recorded music, but you're practicing, yeah. right? You're practicing your piano part by yourself. Mm, that right. you will be hearing music then. But that that th there's something qualitatively, I think, different to sitting and listening, mm. and performing at, at the same time. The experience is, yeah. is different. The closest could be that the person next door is playing their piano and practicing <laughs> yeah. and you're hearing it through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> right. And experiencing it because yeah. there's something else that's happening in the brain. Like, you know, your certain part of your brain is focusing on, you know, hitting but, the right notes and the mechanical element of it. Yeah. So it's not quite the same as still just sitting and just... Listening. Uh, listening yeah, yeah. So, 
See, I, I nearly then just said, but you know that um, even if you're listening through a wall, you still know there's a person that's uh, playing that's it on true, the other yeah. side of it. Unless it's one of those in, like, the old Westerns. Um, oh, right, okay, what's it yeah, called? all right. Before uh, then... <laughs> <laughs> where, the, where the piano has the roll. Yeah, piano, re- yeah. Yeah, piano rolls, yeah. And maybe yeah, okay, you don't before know... Before then... <laughs> you don't know if it's one of those or... No, no, no. <laughs> but, yeah, so but in this is, time before this... that, you know it's a human being because there's no other way for it to... But here's, here's a question. I mean, here's a point, though, right? Which is that a musician, on every record you've heard... A musician at some point has made a decision, like another human being has made a decision to make some sounds in some kind of order and commit it to a recording recording medium, Mm. right? So you do know that there are other people around. Mm. Like in the act of hearing music, there is a sense of of somebody somebody being with you. Mm. Not there, like within, but there's something about them reaching through the medium... Mm into sound waves you know having yeah you know once it's been converted into electricity and then maybe into digital information mm-hmm. and then back out again um you know played with in the box or whatever and then spat back out again there is still that kind of thread of another human being on the end of that yeah. song or the end of that thing yeah even reaching free time as well if it's the you mm. know someone that's long an artist that's long since dead mm. um, right they can still yeah they're still having a very visceral connection with you yeah and it feels personal yeah. so what you're saying is that we'll never really experience music alone Ooh. Basically. i think so yeah yeah <laughs> and it's it's one of um, a, a few different ways that we can stay connected to each other mm. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, like, definitely, particularly when there's a voice um, that might be singing to you, for instance, because to, I mean, like, you know, you know, we 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 all know that we communicate with voice, but um, to communicate through music with voice, that connection is that's the most human connection, right? Mm. Like, I mean, I can sit there and I can listen to instrumental music. Like let's say I was listening to a Miles Davis album, mm, yeah, and I can I can be moved by many things within that, right? But I'm not connected in the same way that if I yeah. if there was a voice on that record, I mean obviously yeah. a good voice, but you know if there was a voice on that record, that's a different type of connection, right? Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's interesting because it's like if you look at in terms of recorded music, anyway the sort of percentage of recorded music that's bought that's sold that is instrumental music and the, the amount that's um vocal i actually don't know what the the breakdown is but uh exactly but um the you know vast majority of it's got a vocal at least yes. to sort of you know um uh, so you know the wider kind of music consuming audience yeah. Why is why is it they sort of need a vocal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Why? It's not why just about it being catchy and repetitive because there's lots of music, instrumental music that plays the same little section again and again, like a chorus. So it's not just it can't just be that. There's something about having the voice. 
the human voice. And the human yeah. voice. That... Obviously, I'm a vocal coach, right? So, so voice is, is kind of mm. my my thing. But you know, I've I've played uh, I've played piano. I've I've played drums. I've played a bunch of other instruments in bands as well. But this is one of the painful things for guitarists, like you know, your your traditional kind of bands, right? Mm. Where you've got guitar, bass, drums, and then a singer. I think it's, it's this is one of the most painful thing for guitarists, yeah. isn't it? Right, because they've made a decision to distinctly not be in the rhythm section. Right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they they want to be they want to have this fancy thing, and they want to be able to show off. But they ain't gonna reach people. Most people in the same numbers yeah. that a good singer will. Yeah, and it's. Uh, mm. And it's yeah. and it's and and I think and it does it comes down to this connection. It, it's it's almost like the closer to a real human being something is, the kind of the wider net you can cast with 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 the people that are going to be interested in yeah. it. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think so. so yeah, and that's um, kind of that's it's funny because that's sort of you know there's one of the things I think we have kind of mentioned is why. Um, why does all right so why does my brain like listening to a certain instrument and somebody else would go oh, i hate the sound of that instrument like somebody like i i remember being in a room where there was like it was a, a a lesson and people just talking about the different types of music they like and one person was just like I cannot hear brass music. I cannot listen to it. I would have to leave the room. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Probably being a bit over the top. Yeah. But um, that's obviously an extreme version of it. I'm like, oh, I quite like a bit of brass, actually. Quite quite like it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, why like, does, why does I one I feel a bit sound... that way about synth strings. Right. Oh, God, yeah, you've yeah. got... <laughs> I don't quite like a synth string. I just... I can't. No, I like a good far too, n- no, far too many great records have been ruined with oh God, synth strings. How I do just can't, always, can't. How do we always have this conversation? And it's an important conversation because these well. these synth strings disrupt us. Well, they ruin funny. things. It, I I find it funny because <laughs> you know not not particularly the synth strings thing, but I don't think there's an instrument. Me personally, I don't think there's an instrument that annoys me enough to be like, I can't listen to that instrument, right? But there are sounds that annoy Mm. me, right? And I suppose if we're thinking about it, Ben, you know, a synth string is a synthetic sound. Yeah. And it's not really an instrument, is it, as such? It's a a created sound. It's a man-made sound. Yeah, but I don't feel the same way, right, about say like a sub like a synth sub bass or um you know oh and to be fair right just use them tastefully <laughs> right if you're gonna do it like i don't i almost don't want you know you know sometimes where you have those instruments in a mix where like you can't really tell it's there but when you hit the mute button it's like it feels empty somehow mm. right fine if that's your synth string part I want it as a space fine for, yeah i don't want to know it's there <laughs> I just don't want to. You don't want it to I be the star of the show. But then oh, if it's going to be like a synth pad, make it a synth hmm. synth pad. It's this thing about it trying to be be a string that I've just. It's I have a bugbear, and I yeah. and I can't necessarily put my finger on exactly why. I probably yeah. had some bad experience with synth, right. synth strings in my time. Yeah, you probably <laughs> as like, an arranger or composer you or something. Program them properly or yeah. something. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're probably right. You're probably then, right. As opposed to just why something, because I suppose it's easier to go, kind of say why something bugs you or annoys you, or but then yeah. why are you drawn to one sound over another or one style of music over another, or you know, mm, it's true. you know, it's why true. does somebody love country music and another person detests it? Uh, why? Like this what? is true. Is it personal experience? Maybe? I think it's got a lot to do with personal experience. And also, like, like I would say, going back to the social thing, right? Um, when we talk about the social aspect of music and experiencing it in social um, settings, mm. for the most part, music, particularly like we, when we think about how it's been commoditized over the years, will also align itself with certain lifestyles, right? Mm. And obviously, this is a sweeping generalization, but I probably don't listen to as much classical music as I want to. I really do love classical music. I probably don't listen to as much of it as I want to because it feels like it's a bit bougie. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't live that kind of life, right? Ah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, that's one of the... Because, you know, it's like those typical, well, oh, yes, we'll be going to dinner and we'll be playing, you know, this concerto and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like... And it's so funny, actually, that I mentioned classical music because Chris... Um, so I live kind of like around where Chris lives and we ne live near a a, 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 train, a tube station, an underground station. Uh. <laughs> and they purposely play classical music there mm. because... Not because they think it's going to calm people down, but they think it's because it's going to stop people from hanging around there. Because the people <laughs> who hang around there aren't the kind of people who will listen to classical music. Wow, yeah. So right? it's, a, it's a mechanism for social control. Exactly. So they yeah. it as a deterrent, right? A deterrent, of, yeah. Of these, of these youths, um, of these... Wait, are you telling me they're weaponizing classical music here? Well, it is, seems like they might be. <laughs> you, you need to have a chat with our local tube station, I feel. But um, I think, coming back to what we were saying, I, I think that it's got so much to do with social um, experiences. Like, you know, when I was younger... A lot of the reason that I got into R&B music was because a lot of my friends were listening to R&B music. My, just my circle of friends. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, check this guy out. You know, oh, have you heard this Boys to Men song? Oh, blah, 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 blah. And that's what it would be. Like, yeah. and that is so influential, isn't it? Um, but it can also be like if you're, you know, if you're trying to impress someone and you're like, and they're like, um, like particularly when you're younger, and they're like, oh, yeah, I really love jazz music. And you didn't like jazz music, but all of a sudden you're like, ah, mm. let me just check out yeah. some jazz music because I'm <laughs> this person, you know. Um, there's, a, there's a lot to do with right. that social thing, f in my experience, anyway. I, yeah, I think then, you're right. I, I from my right. experience is that I personally liked everything that was the absolute antithesis of what my friends liked. <laughs> But then, how, <laughs> how does that happen? But then you are still being influenced by right. your social um, circle, or you know whatever it is. Um, but I you're think just going the other way, right? But you're, that sounds, yeah, Chris. It, uh, that sounds, Chris. Sorry to interrupt a minute. That, that sounds like you're, you're you haven't really moved on from your your four year old self, or yeah. right? You just want to make some noise, right? Yeah. Like I am not like you. I don't need to. I am uh, not like whatever you are. <laughs> I am not. not that. 
Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I do think that, that Actually, that's, I think a, that's a function more, for like yeah. certainly pop yeah. music. Different pop styles is mm. definitely um, it. When you're going through that period in your life and you just want to be whatever your parents aren't, right? Mm. It's like I'm going to listen to whatever's cool now. You know, uh, you know, and there's this thing. Or you, in my day, you used to be able to hear what the vo vocalists were saying. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. You used to be able to hear the words, right? <laughs> And it's like whatever whatever music means you can't hear the words. That's what you want that's when you're want, fourteen, yeah. right? Because that's definitely the right. thing of that. Like gravitate, like for me, gra gra you know, in sort of adolescence, like gravitating towards sort of you know stuff like uh, I don't know more sort of goth and you know mm. sort of. Uh, you know the limp biscuit and the corn of the days and stuff yeah, like that which, which was oh, yeah noise. exactly which was a definite ah just be angry <laughs> just yeah, well, I mean, that's um fair. yeah um i i i, I yeah. just i find it so interesting but I, yeah that you that you would say that because um particularly because ben's picked up on the fact that you you know at, when you were four you just wanted to make some noise and then you were like not many people are listening to this noise. I still want that noise in my life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, you're like, you guys are listening to whatever you want to listen to. I'm on that noise shit, basically. Yeah. Um, and so you're just noising it up. Um, and, you know, I'm glad that you've changed, Chris. Well, when that became, because then <laughs> shortly after that, that became like what everyone was listening to. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to go and listen to some folk now. Bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Always, Chris is Chris is like I'm bucking the trend. Whatever the trend is, I'm bucking it. Just either seven steps behind the trend, or I don't know. Light years ahead, maybe. <laughs> maybe let's go for that. Light years ahead. Um, yeah, uh, but, but also I think I was like at that particular stage of my life. It was I don't know that thirteen, fourteen year old. Oh, I'm just angry. Yeah, true. I'm just angry as hell. True. And I suppose <laughs> and then, that's. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of growing up that happens. I don't know. But then not everybody expresses it in that way. Some people express it in kind of, I don't know. I suppose that kind of brings us back to what we were talking about in terms of like on a personal level as well, when you guys were talking um, and you were saying about, you know, wanting to change your mood or to reflect mm. your mood. Like all you were doing at that time was reflecting your yeah, mood. Yeah, you were saying right. I was angry. Yeah. And I wanted to reflect that. And that's what kind of like part of what it meant to you. There was the social aspect as well. One question that I would like to ask you guys, how influenced were you by the music that your parents played in the house? I I was quite deeply influenced in a way that bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I hadn't noticed it. So I have, the, I have one, one specific experience of when I was doing, when I was doing my, um, the A-level equivalent, BTEC national diploma in uh, in popular music smashed it smashed it yeah <laughs> when I was doing that we obviously we, we had a songwriting um, module unit um, and I, I was I, I was doing these harmony parts and my mum mum is well into her kind of folk and classical and anything that doesn't have drums in you know anything that's kind of um, rootsy, earthy, uh, yeah. kind of or organic, quote-unquote, real instruments. You know, mm -hmm. you get the picture. And she was into Simon and Garfunkel. 
Yeah. And I remember my um, my teacher saying, "Oh, you know this uh, this reminds me of Simon and Garfunkel." And like, I just was like, <laughs> "What? How? What dare you? How dare you?" <laughs> right. At the time, I was. Um, it was all about it was all about Oasis and indie rock and you know, but these harmonies apparently were right. so it sunk in like it had yeah. got in and you know. <laughs> since since then, I've I've opened up to a lot of it, you know, and I, I you know I love I love a lot of that kind of um, acoustic uh, stuff, you know, whether it's folk or country or you know. So I've I've bedded into it, but certainly at, at that age, there was there was resistance. Interesting. What about you, Chris? Um, I'd say, actually, like I can like one of my earliest, earliest, earliest memories is that song. Oh God, "Wonderful Life" by. And it's for some a reason, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful life. That. No need to. Yeah, it's yeah. that one. Okay. And uh, oh, I, is it by um, Black? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And it right. was on the radio and it's like my i remember it was i don't know who if it was my mom or dad or who had it on but it was definitely this the radio had it on and it's like i remember that playing and whenever i hear that song now rarely do but whenever i hear it it is the most visceral memory it's like literally like a flash like a flashback in one of those films when you're there it is so visceral um and there's a few other things like that that would probably be i know the war of the world soundtrack makes me feel that way too there is a song of the war of the world soundtrack called forever autumn and i hear that and it's like it's you can smell i can smell what my house smelled house was like i can literally Mm. feel what the where i was sitting on the floor what that felt like it's it's literally like being transported back in time. So it obviously did because it's made some kind of neural pathway in my brain or something that is like fully just um, like a permanent connection that it's made. So that time whenever, travel. Like, time it's almost travel like it's, it feels like that. It almost does because it's so visceral. It's insane, um, isn't it? It's that and probably what else? There would be a couple of other. Oh, the tubular bells. Oh, yeah. That damn album and even actually just seeing the cover seeing the 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 actual the vinyl cover artwork, of it yeah. seeing the artwork of it is yeah so extremely visceral so it obviously has played in it even though i would say well i don't you know when i started making music and stuff i wasn't making i wasn't i wasn't making 80s pop and i <laughs> wasn't making tubular bells i can tell you that for free <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but it just yeah it, it obviously has made a even though it, i wouldn't necessarily point to it like you you were saying ben like as in uh an influence an obvious musical influence it obviously has massively uh had some influence because it's such a visceral memory that's mad isn't it I, it's so funny because I grew up largely listening to Bollywood music and, and yeah. traditional Pakistani music mm. uh, as well. So it would be it would be basically Bollywood Indian film music or yeah. or traditional Pakistani music. And I don't really think I experienced like loads of Western music, as it were, mm. um, for for years. Really, like I didn't I wasn't really around it because my mum and dad like they're both they both were immigrants and they were and and you know they wanted to keep a sense of their culture mm-hmm. um and they, they they didn't really listen to loads of english music i mean i think my mum 
my mum came to England when she was 12 and um and you know she'd know about like old records like what was her favorite one when will i when will i see you again by the 3 degrees and all of this kind of mm. stuff right yeah um and you know things like donny osmond and you know all of that kind of stuff <laughs> that was like but when but my mom would hear that on the radio and whatnot but her gra- like what she would gravitate towards would be um more like you know that traditional music or the film music of bollywood and I didn't really have anywhere else to go until I like started mm. like going to school and then really and truly like like I said I picked up violin when I was young, so that would be classical music. I wasn't mm. really listening to pop to popular music for a while. It was a long while before I started listening to popular music. You know, you know. I think initially I, there was a bit of pushback from me. Like I was like, <laughs> oh, what well, you listen to this Bollywood stuff for? It's like old <laughs> and it's crap and all of this kind of stuff. But, you know, I mean, as as again, like kind of like Ben, you know, over time you form this appreciation for it. And there is definitely, like you said, Chris, for me as well, there's that kind of like, you know, there's a, there's a bit of teleportation that happens mm. or, or, you know, time travel that happens with certain songs will just take you back. Mm. You know? And um, And I can even remember the first time I heard a few songs, like there was... Who was it that covered Don't Leave Me This Way? Was it like Erasure or someone like that? I think it was like... Someone like, yeah. Oh, someone like, well, kind of like late 80s like that. I remember being at my uncle's house and listening to that song for the first time and watching the video and hearing those kind of like 80s drum machines kind of going. And I was like, oh, this is a cool song, you know? Yeah, that's it. But I can remember his house. Like, I can remember what it looked like and, you know, who was there and all of this kind of stuff, which kind of... It kind of says a lot about, mm. you know, what music, I mean, we think of music as an auditory experience, mm. but it's really, if we're talking about sights and smells sensory, and yeah. feelings, it's like, it's, it's, it's a much more sensory experience, isn't it? Yeah. And you well, can see I, yeah. I mean, I, I would say it is on one level, just particles vibrating in the yeah. air. And then our eardrums wiggle and then something goes on and it's also all this other very deep whether it's spiritual whether it's uh, memory invocation mm. whether it's um mood management whether it's, it's it's deeply valuable and it's just particles wiggling around in an organized way well yeah that's i mean that's the boring it description is. that's what it phys- that's what it physically is right. Yeah, but then your yeah. brain turns it into something else. Yeah, and when right. it goes in, when it goes into physically into your eardrums, into your inner ear, and then the signals get sent to your brain, then it gets turned into something else because then it gets connected to emotions or to a memory or. And I think it's really like when you see like in um, patients that have sort of advanced Alzheimer's mm. um, or, or advanced dementia that when they've played bits of like when they've kind of come back to sort of you know full sort of almost full like memory of of something is when they played a piece of music from either their childhood or something that they loved and and it's amazing it's like something a light switches on Mm. for a moment and that is you know i think there's few things that sort of do that as 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 much as music does and I don't know. I don't know loads about that sort of like you know music therapy, music treatment that's used for 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 dementia. But I know that 
there's obviously something really powerful there because you see i think we've both seen videos of, of you know of patients like that that have kind of recovered a memory because of because of a piece of music and you see the you know the sort of joy it brings you see the kind of awakening almost and i think that's just particles vibrating in the air or vibrating in their you know they then go into your ear and then get sent by these little fibers down, <laughs> down to mm -hmm. the ear canal and into and then something happens in your brain where that all then gets processed and turned into it gets attached to a memory attached to a feeling at a, you know and then um and then becomes something com yeah something completely different yeah i'm wondering if we're kind of at a place to wrap up now because i feel like I'm going to go and cry. I think we probably should. <laughs> <laughs> but but just a, a nice, and I think it's a really nice first little, like first podcast. It's like just an, another little affirmation that like music matters, yeah. right? It's really valuable for a whole host of reasons and it's worth talking about. Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I, man. I agree. All right. And hopefully people will like to listen to us talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, just on just on that, if you're hearing this and there's um, a, an ability for you to comment, feel free to comment. If you can like, like it, subscribe it, star it. We're going to be putting the podcast up in a few different places. So um, the, the specific ways in which you can give us a little bit of feedback will dif differ depending on um, which, uh, which place you're hearing this or seeing this. Um, just give us some love and we'll give you some love back. All right. We definitely will. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'm waving. Now for Bye. now. Now for now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yay.